Welcome to the Thunder Basketball Universe. I'm Paris Lawson sitting across from Nick Gallo and next to producer Hindi. Guys, it is freezing outside. Yeah, that's Oklahoma weather for you. It'll, it was like 65 yesterday. It'll sneak up on you if you're not keeping up with it. Sub-freezing today. As, as they told me when I moved here, if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. <laughs> I've noticed that so far. <laughs> yeah, 65 yesterday, 29 this morning. Great. We've got a full weekend of activity to cover, which included Mike Muscala breaking out of his slump and hitting from deep, his good friend Dennis continuing to tear off the bench. Plus, we'll dive into the Thunder's third quarter woes, but let's start with the end of that Bucks game. The Thunder down 11 with just two minutes to go. Gallo, what happened next? What happened next is the Thunder just competed. Dennis Schroeder went off. He hit two threes and scored eight straight points. They got a bunch of stops, could not quite get a total stop on one play when George Hill put back uh, a missed jumper mm-hmm. by Giannis Antetokounmpo. But then get it inbounded. Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari in the corner. Started by Giannis. Gets bumped, almost fumbles the ball, yeah. and loses it. Almost lost his foot. And hoists up a three-pointer with about 30 seconds. Puts up a shot. Oh, straight away. And he knocks it down to tie it at 114. That sinks right in front of Giannis Antetokounmpo's face and ties the game at 114 and it came down to the the final 30 seconds despite the Thunder being down 11 with two minutes to go. And then a tough three from Brooke Lopez on the other end of the floor. It was definitely a a game that had everybody on the edge of their seats and after the game coach Donovan really was like I just I really appreciated how hard the guys battled and competed and as a coach I can't ask for much more and the players kind of echoed that throughout the locker room. I'm just saying Brooke Lopez traveled. That foot dragged. The Thunder actually really defended that final play by the Bucks as well as you possibly can. They really did. They built this wall of defenders in the lane to mm-hmm. make Giannis take a jumper. He kind of had to flail and bail out with a pass. Thunder went out and closed out to the perimeter and had to make one extra pass to Lopez. Lopez then had to pump fake and yep. take a sidestep before yep. he took that three. That foot dragged from what I saw on the three. And look, it's a it's a seven-foot center who's shot 27% from three this year, taking a pump fake sidestep three. Which is an option you'll take all day versus Giannis Attentacompo going full speed downhill towards the rim, which no he doubt. definitely did earlier in the game. Yeah, yeah, he had some ferocious dunks attacking downhill earlier in the game. Chris Paul said it often that there are no moral victories in this, but... Seven players in double digits, 31 season-high assists, and putting up 119 points on the board. I I feel like this is an offense performance that the Thunder could be proud of. Yeah, the offense continues to surge season-high in assists for three straight games, 26, then 30, then 31. So they're getting that consistent ball movement throughout the course of games. And Billy talked about like that being the way that this team needs to win this season. They don't have that superstar that can go manufacture his own bucket every single play it's all about ball movement right like the you see the ball moving from side to side throughout an entire possession but you also see players moving without the ball I mean how many times did we see uh, a center at the high post pump fake and then hit somebody on a backdoor cut for a layup it's moving without the ball and then the ball moving and hitting other people on the floor my favorite play was when Muscala rolled to the middle of the lane got hit with a really nice pass and defense converged over and Hamadou Diallo was already cutting baseline for a monster dunk. Another ferocious slam by 
Mohamedou Diallo. That's just the timing and the cohesion that this team didn't have two and a half weeks ago. You see the steady progression game after game of guys getting more comfortable with each other, getting more idea of what each other's tendencies are. They're making good progress, frustrating, really good teams like Mm -hmm. the Bucs. They played Houston really tight. They played San Antonio really tight. I mean, teams that are very high-level basketball clubs in this league. And, I mean, last night Giannis ripped his jersey in frustration going into the halftime locker room because – Thunder's defense wasn't really letting him get anything easy. Credit Hami and Ferg and Darius and even Danilo, everybody that had to guard him, you could tell like they were not backing down. They were, I mean, they all picked up a few fouls on him, sure, but mm-hmm. they definitely did made it frustrating for him enough to rip his jersey going into <laughs> halftime to not allow him to get any easy looks. And he really had, the, uh, he had 35 points, but he had to work for those 35 points. They were not coming easy. Yeah, well, he showed why he's the MVP caliber right. player um, right. and also why he's the closest thing to the Hulk that exists in the NBA. He, he does wear <laughs> green, so. Yeah. <laughs> Some incredible downhill drives and finishes from halfway in the lane. I don't know how he managed to put the ball in the hoop a few times, but he just has those go-go gadget arms. Uh, what do you think about this team's defense throughout this entire game against the Bucks? Because I remember a stretch where there were two back-to-back steals from the Thunder mm-hmm. that led to offense, just initiated offense. And I think they finished with four steals in the first half or something along those lines. And I think that really helped aid them to be able to come back and just having that never-say-die attitude. Yeah, I mean, we definitely saw that identity that has been preached basically since training camp of we're going to be relentless, we're going to keep coming at you all game long. But they were more disruptive against the Bucks, 11 first-half turnovers forced than they had been in some of the previous right. games. And then down the stretch, you know, forced a turnover by Eric Bledsoe that really – turn some momentum you could feel it in inside Chesapeake Energy Arena that's just something that they have to continue to do and it's one of those things does defense lead to more offense sometimes sometimes not but it definitely helps bring momentum especially if you're not executing as well on offense if you can get a steal on defense if you can cause some disruption even get a deflection that just amps up the momentum on your side of the ball what did you guys see on that five-second call? Because from my vantage point, it, you know, I think Brooke Lopez got it and then handed it off. Does the timer reset at that point, or does it keep going? Do you guys know the rule on that? Because the Bucks players seemed confused why that was called. Yeah, so actually from my perspective, I couldn't see anything because everybody was standing up at that point, <laughs> and from where I was sitting two rows back on media row, I could not see the inbounds at all. At that point in the game, I also was walking from my seat on press row behind the Thunder bench to get into position for a potential walk-off interview. But things started happening. The Thunder scored. The inbounds pass wasn't coming in. So I, like, jump up out of my seat (laughs) and I'm rushing down past the Thunder bench. Suddenly it's a three-point game. Right as that five-second call was made. So What was it? I mean, were you able to hear... What was going on on the bench? Like, what were the what was the team's reaction? Uh, mostly a lot of yelling and screaming and excitement. Um, I, there wasn't a lot of analysis that I picked up of like <laughs> the, the number of seconds and whether it was a accurate five second call. But it did seem very quick to me. Um, but nobody on the Thunder bench was complaining. That's for sure. Yeah, huge turnover. I mean, that was I can't definitely the last time I saw like a five second call like that right after a made basket. Yeah, good officiating to be right on top of that. Yeah, for sure, and it led to a. Danilo Gallinari three to tie the ball game up with just under 30 seconds to go. What a shot that was. Incredible. The end of the 
the game was exciting and it showed a lot of heart from this team, but let's talk about the reason why they had to go through that comeback and it was because of another rough third quarter. Yeah, Thunder's now giving up uh, on average 30 points uh, mm. in third quarters so far this season. So there's just been an issue coming out of the locker room. If the guys had an answer for it, it wouldn't be happening. Um, right, so, for sure. So if, yeah, if they knew what was what the issue was. So whether it's energy, Chris Paul has mentioned, you know, playing with more pace and tempo offensively, mm-hmm. being more aggressive defensively. Billy talked about when they were up big against Golden State, you had to know that they were going to come out and play really hard to begin that third quarter. So just some things that it's more awareness, intensity, focus, that kind of thing. Obviously, this third quarter has been a huge deal for the Thunder, and we've gotten a lot of answers, like you said, is pace, tempo, intensity. But for Coach Donovan after the Bucks game, he said that the third quarter wasn't necessarily an intensity thing, and he didn't think that that was the biggest reason for them having to come back. But it, regardless, they did have a lot of empty possessions in that third quarter, and it didn't allow them to get on a points on the board, which gave the Bucks an opportunity and an open door to get ahead. Well, yeah, a lot of maybe one or zero pass shot attempts, right. and just kind of coming down the floor, not really flowing into anything good. Honestly, you know having to pull the ball out of the net is not helpful to your offense either. So, you know, being able to come up with stops. uh, I think the Thunder was in the bonus really early in the third quarter. like Six Six minutes. Yeah, six minutes to go. So, like, all those things add up and result in a 37-point quarter for Milwaukee. Right, but I do credit the guys that come off the bench in those third quarters. So I'm thinking Dennis in my head and when he comes in and – you can tell that they're just trying to get some momentum. They they see that there's a lull in the energy. They see that there's a lull in the intensity. And so even something as small as just attacking as hard as you can and trying to draw a foul, sometimes that lifts up the the intensity and the momentum. And that's exactly what Dennis did when he came off of the bench. Yeah, you mentioned that play. It was like a, kind of a sigh of relief in the building. Right. It's put an end to, I think, an 11-0 Bucks run that you know was really – kind of oppressive in the arena. It's kind of like <laughs> getting everybody down and yep. the Thunder just really struggling to score. And like you said, just this burst of pop um, yep. from from Dennis was really helpful. Yeah, and then after that, there were a few back-to-back threes for the Thunder. And then now all of a sudden, the Thunder is on like a 12-4 and four run to finish out mm-hmm. the third quarter, which leads into a really good fourth quarter when they put up 39 points for like the second straight game. They have a lull in that third quarter, but they really compensate with a really strong offensive performance in the fourth quarter. Somebody else who has been monster from the three-point line in these past two games is Mike Muscala, who has come out of his shooting slump and went for four threes against the Bucks yesterday. Yeah, that's now seven threes in the last two games. That's pretty impressive. Well, after missing 18 of his first 19, I, I would say that's that's quite a good turnaround. Yeah, for sure. And he credits his teammates for finding him. And three of his four threes came from Chris Paul, surprisingly, which not surprisingly because he's a point guard. But it was pretty cool to see that interaction happen and see that they're building some chemistry as well. What I liked was, you know, the very first three that he made after his really rough stretch to start the season came in the Warriors game mm. off a pass from his good buddy, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis. There was really no reason for anybody in the arena to think that that first three that he took was going to go in. But Dennis made the pass as he was driving down the lane, and he ended up right underneath the hoop. And as Mike shot the ball, he was standing with one hand raised, with a one finger pointed up in the air, like, 
I know this is going in. I know Mike's shot is going in. I just thought that was really cool. Only a best bud would know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's that weird connection, man. I love the, like, hyping each other up that this team does. Like, some yeah. of Hami's dunks. Yeah. Like, you see SGA's smile. Like, get someone that looks at you the way SGA looks at Hami <laughs> when he's dunking. I mean, it is, it is really fun to watch this team be each other's advocates. My, Go ahead. No, my favorite was when it was in the Warriors game. Chris Paul does, like, some fancy ball handling at the top of the rim, step back Jay, and you see Dennis just, like, waving his, like, d- what is it, his towel around on the bench. Like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was literally about to bring up the exact same one. <laughs> our, thunder so- like- our social media team put together a post that was like, everybody needs a Dennis in their life right, right after that. And I, I was like, that was such a perfect moment. Gosh, got me hype. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he did that. So we talked about Dennis a little bit. He's been monster in a, these past few games, and he's consistent among many things. But 25 points leading all Thunder scorers against the Bucks yesterday. I mean, just continues to be aggressive. It was really cool to hear Mike Budenholzer, the Bucks head coach, mm-hmm. who had Dennis and Mike actually in Atlanta for uh, the first five or so years of uh, each of their careers. And he said that Dennis is a guy that really responds well to being challenged. And the Thunder's done that this year yeah. uh, with you know giving Dennis some really heavy assignments on the defensive end mm-hmm. and handing him the ball on that second unit. Yeah, and I asked Coach Donovan this because I was curious after the game, just how valuable is it to have a guy like Dennis coming off the bench to be a spark plug in a game? I mean, he, he this is like his third time being a leading scorer for the Thunder, and to have him as a six-man coming off the bench – is so valuable. And he said that he, Dennis has the ability to change the game. In Atlanta, he had so much on his plate all the time. He was the lead and maybe only good uh, ball handler that the team had. Mm. He had to defend the opposing team's best like ball handler every single game. He had to get everybody involved. He mm-hmm. had to score a lot of points. He comes to the Thunder, and really over the last couple of years, he's had Russ and PG mm. and now Chris and SGA and... Gallo like he's had guys that can shoulder some of that responsibility so that doesn't have to be him play after play after play even with three point guards now he kind of has the ability to focus in on one area and I I think that's that is the defensive end Mm -hmm. I think he's really buying into that picking up people full court and you know getting I think he had two steals in the game I might be wrong I might have to double check that (laughs) handy fact check me on this (laughs) one I'll be right on that (laughs) but he does have the ability to the impact in a lot of ways and I think with three point guards and you know coming off the bench he can specialize and he can really hone in on some of those areas like the defensive end all right, so according to the Thunder app, providing us with the box score, he actually had three steals last night. Wow. Seven My bad, years. Dennis. Dang. He had a balanced game. Five assists, six rebounds, nine of 12 from the field. That is efficient. Wow. Yeah. Good job, Dennis. The atmosphere in Chesapeake Energy Arena against the Bucks on Sunday was electric and we have a lot of Friday games coming up and Fridays in Chesapeake Energy Arena are pretty spectacular so be sure to be a part of the action go to okcthunder.com slash buy tickets and get your tickets today well here at the Thunder we like to keep the main thing the main thing I mean what else are you going to do right so the main thing for the Thunder is their 30 and 31 assists on back-to-back games. 
home home back to back 61 assists total it just goes to show you that the ball is moving the way they they want it to and that's such like an abstract term so let's actually talk about what that means ball movement yeah it means that when a point guard's coming into the half court Mm -hmm. they're getting some action going on one side of the floor it's off ball screens between maybe guards and forwards somebody flaring up to the perimeter passing screening away i mean that's like basic basketball from when we were kids right big man will come to the high post receive a pass and you've got action happening on the other side of the floor too you also have the possibility of guards or even players like Danilo Gallinari running up to big men like Steven Adams Nerlens Noel and actually grabbing the ball from them that's called a get action get and because they come get the ball that's actually very intuitive it makes perfect sense yeah (laughs) And then they can start a little spontaneous pick and roll. Yep. And what that does in turn on the defensive end is put the defense through a lot of different actions. They have to guard from side to side. Because the ball is moving so much, a defense has to keep moving. And the more that the defense moves, there's more opportunities on the floor for openings and drives to the lane and driving kicks because they had to draw help. It's just a matter of keeping the defense on their toes and forcing opportunities at the rim. There was kind of this external narrative like how's this thunder team going to score coming mm-hmm. into the season and it was just hitting me like the ball scores and so if the ball is moving the right way yep. and you're getting the ball into situations where it's a wide open shot or an open layup or backdoor cut for a dunk like these guys are nba players they're going to put the ball in the basket right um, so it doesn't necessarily matter who is on the receiving end of the ball made you look all right gallo i'll tell you what made me look you ready Ready. All right. So it was against the Warriors, and Danilo Gallinari hit a statistical anomaly for, like, the ages. Hit me. Okay. So (laughs) Gallo's birthday is August 8th, 1988, making his birthday 8-8-8-8. He hit his 8,888th point on Saturday against the Warriors. It happened on free throws. Yep. So Paris feeds me this stat in the middle of the game. We're scrambling to figure out exactly how we can do it. And the perfect timing that he does it on free throws so that I can jump in on the broadcast. And Paris got her very first Fox Sports Oklahoma shout out. You know, just making making waves already as the in-house statistician, (laughs) stat, stat geek. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely one of the coolest stats I ever came across. It's the reason he wears number eight and his like Twitter handle is at Gallinari8888. So too bad it was on the ninth game of the season. (laughs) Oh, that would have been amazing. (laughs) I know, right? So close. (laughs) Yeah, if he had sat out a game, it would have been his eighth game. Well, I don't want to freak anyone out, but we're actually recording this and it's 11-11 right now. Do Twilight Zone music. Well, we've come to that point in the podcast where we like to bless your timeline. And you know what blessed us this week? We had a couple celebrities in Oklahoma. Jesse Eisenberg was at the Thunder game sitting next to Mayor David Holt. And Matt Damon is filming a movie called Stillwater. Apparently they're having open casting calls for that. Or they've already had them. Are you going to audition? It looks pretty strict on what they're looking for. Although they did say one of the tips was grow out your facial hair and your eyebrows. Got a head start on that one. Check and check, I Ouch. think. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know who's going to be like, oh, I need to stop shaving or trimming my eyebrows for this casting call. And how short of notice is that? Well, and like, how fast do they grow? Exactly. Right. That's what like I'm it, wondering. It's like, is this a daily thing, a weekly thing people are doing? It was like, oh, I'm going to skip my Thursday eyebrow trim. 
I feel like you could you could fill this role though. Like, what do you think they're going to ask you to do? Are I you mean, gonna I be think a... I'm just going to be some local, you know, oh. some local yokel okay. with a beard and really <laughs> long eyebrows. I mean, yeah, I guess like for them to mold what the what the character looks like, they'll probably trim it in some fashion. Do we think Stillwater will top our current Matt Damon favorite movies? I don't think that's possible for me because Good Will Hunting is my favorite movie of all time. And Nick, that's a classic. It, Nick, it's not your fault. It's, don't, it, not you, man. It's, it's not your fault. Stop. It's not you, man. <laughs> this is getting real emotional, real intense. I feel like I'm watching the movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How you like them apples? <laughs> I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> Trying to do, like, a Boston accent is probably the worst accent I can do. Yeah. It's, I'm not quite. I'm not good enough at it. Is, is the, that the one where you say khakis? Oh, yeah, khakis. Like, <laughs> khakis. You're wearing khaki pants yeah. looking for your khakis. I left my khakis and my khakis. That's a good trick. Yeah. The best line from that movie is uh, actually Casey Affleck. He goes, if we was going to fight him, we should have fought him 15 minutes ago. We got snacks now. And I think about that a lot. Like, you know. Priorities. That was deep. Yeah, it was deep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once you've got snacks, I mean, it's like. You're less hangry. You're less likely to fight. <laughs> Paris, what was, what's your go-to Matt Damon movie? The Martian. I just like that movie because it just makes me feel better every day. Like, you think you got it bad? Man, try being stuck on <laughs> At Mars. At least you're not growing <laughs> potatoes on Mars. <laughs> that was a rough day for Matt Damon. Do you think potatoes from Mars taste different than our potatoes? They'd have to, right? I would think so. Yeah. It's all about the soil and consistency. So this is really like the nature versus nurture argument right now. You're saying like... I think it's starting with the same potato, but my guess is the circumstances would create a different type of potato. I would think so too. Yeah, slightly. I think it takes all the same circumstances to make a potato, right? Gravity is different. The air is a little different. The soil is completely different. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I don't know. I feel like it would still taste the same. Plus there's no other ecosystem. You know, weeding out the strongest potatoes. All the potatoes survive. Only the strongest potatoes survive. <laughs> That's me at the gym. <laughs> Survival of I'm the, the strongest fittest. Potato. <laughs> I'm a strong potato. Looking in the mirror, you're a good potato. You're a strong potato. I'm like survive like a potato. French fry. <laughs> On that note. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks so much to our producers. Wherever you get your podcast, be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later.